hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer Be Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Jason, what movie were we talking about today? Trancers. 1984. Charlie Band production. Actually, I think it's Empire production at the time. Michael, what are we drinking today? Hell yeah, brother. We're, dr- <laughs> we're drinking zombie dust. A good choice from for this movie. Three Floyds. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to put this on for a long time. Three Floyds. Great, great brewery out of Indiana. They've been around since the 90s. I worked at a brewery a long time ago back in the 90s when they started up. And we didn't make this, but they contracted this brewery to make a couple of their beers. So there was a time when I had three Floyd's cases stacked in my bedroom back in the <laughs> mid to late 90s because we got such a great deal on beer. Zombie Dust is sort of a classic American pale ale. Six and a half percent. Yeah, what do you think of this? It's smooth, fruity. For me, near the end, I get mango. There's no bite on this thing. It's just clean, smooth. And their can has, it looks like a... Because to me, I'd say a deadite from the Army of Darkness. <laughs> some sort of zombie <laughs> yes. lord. It's yeah. a great looking can. And, you know, trancers, I guess you could consider them zombies if you've been tranced. <laughs> yeah. If you're a squid. If you're a squid. <laughs> a lot of lingo. There's, there's a lot of lingo in this movie. I love this. You picked this movie, Jason. Yes. Tell us why. I thoroughly enjoy this movie. It came out, it was during the prime video cassette rental phase of my young teenage life. This movie was rented over and over again. And then it has our buddy, <laughs> a person we thoroughly enjoy, Tim Thomerson. Tim, Tom- Tim Thomerson. <laughs> if I bumped into Tim Thomerson and we got talking yeah. and Tim Thomerson said, oh, I'd like to come on your podcast, I would say, don't take this the wrong way, Jason. I would invite him and then I would tell you after the oh, fact. of course. Tim Thomerson <laughs> wants to come hang out. And talk a bunch of crap yeah. about a movie or something, or just we would have a Tim Thomerson episode. Yeah, you know? everything from no, this. This guy's just cool. Yeah, he, he he's he was a stand-up comic in the seventies. Then he became this like tough guy yeah. B movie actor, and he's just he's got he's got a cool look. He's got a voice that's just like chiseled out of granite. It's like gravel and cigarettes. It sounds awesome. He's just, he's cool. He's Tim Thomerson. He is. And and any movies he's in, regardless of how bad it is, I could watch it. I I believe this is our second Tim Thomerson movie. This will not be the last. It it won't be. Eventually, hopefully, we could do Rhinestone. So yeah, you picked this up up for obvious reasons. This is one of the movies that where I own the Blu-ray, where I bought this at Comic-Con from when Charlie Band was at the booth. When you see Trancers, the cover has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> it honestly looks like the helmet that he was wearing from uh, Metal Storm: The Destruction of Trans- It does. In, in his face, he actually looks more like Peter Weller. Yes. <laughs> it looks like Peter Weller wearing a Mad Max motorcycle helmet. <laughs> it's a time travel movie. It's got mind control. Zombies that are Trancers. It's completely influenced i mean they make no bones about it that it is blade runner came out in 1982 film noir is a big part of the character plays a film noir caricature like a sam spade we're like not even one minute into the movie and it's 100 percent film noir it's got some voiceover it's the future we always talk about this the future via the 1980s yes which for low budget movies means 
You've got a lot of shoulder pads in the coats. A lot of neon lights. A lot of neon lights. <laughs> old cars. Somehow cars from the 50s lived, survived long enough, like 400 years later. And then you put some lights on them in different places. And you go, ooh, the future. This was one of the first sci-fi movies that used this technique of time travel. They didn't go in a machine. It was basically, they sent your conscious back. And I recently watched a Netflix series called Travelers. That was a couple of years old with the same thing. They sent the conscious back from the future. It's a different, interesting concept. They're always like, down the line down, and up, up the, the line. line. Yes. Because <laughs> you're going down the line. Jason, I'm sending you down the line. You're going back 300 years to your ancestors. You're going to pop into one of your ancestors and take over their consciousness. And it never really explains what happens to the other conscious. I think he tries to like wash it aside. He's like, oh, he's sleeping or he's in another room or something like that. Like, I, I mean, I assume they go back to now and everybody has to go. Yeah. So anyway, here, here we go. Yeah. Here we Spoiler go. alert. Spoiler alert. We're yeah. going to talk about this movie. <laughs> We're in the future. 300 years from 1984. It opens up with, as Michael pointed out, a voiceover where Jack Death has he's an officer in the future is it a, a he's a trooper he's a Jason. trooper he's a trooper yeah i wonder if he was in the sand war <laughs> all right stop focus focus all right just. and he, he points out that he has killed his nemesis whistler who was leading an uprising against the high council and he killed him back in the ring planets yes so blade runner yeah the, the <laughs> ring planets yeah i can imagine you know ruger hauer yeah but, but you can't you you can't get a decent cup of coffee here yeah. but you can go all the way out to some place called the ring planets, planets. what kill a, and he's going around now mopping up what amounts to whistler's minions these people who could train like this whistler can trance people and make you a trancer if you're a squid yeah there's a lot of lingo going on here, especially in the first five minutes. It is totally done in that snappy pat, rat a tat you know, tat, hard boiled Raymond Chandler. He walks into the diner. It's an old school diner. And he goes, I want coffee. And she says, The real stuff. And he goes, Yeah. And she goes, That's going to cost you. And he says, I earned it. And I want real milk, not none of that soy crap, which is awesome because this is 1984 talking about, you know, soy milk. Exactly. And of course, he sees some poor guy sitting at the diner counter and he hassles him. He knows that there's a trancer in this diner and so, he hassles the guy, makes him put a bracelet on, turns out. He's not a trancer, but who who is a trancer? Oh, Our lovely little waitress. Little old lady. <laughs> Somehow... Don't really understand this either, but they could be uh, interacting with you as a normal person. But when they go full trancer, they kind of look like a zombie. Their skin gets mottled. Their lips get really chapped. Well, and, and, and he even says later, apparently there's no coming back. If you get tranced, you're, there's no coming back. Because later we find out, he says, that person was dead yeah. once they became a trancer. So he ends up fighting... Um, it's called Mom's Number Three Diner, so I'm assuming the waitress's mom. He fights her. We see what happens when they refer to a singe because he ends up shooting her and her body kind of, there's a scorch mark left. The rest of the police force, a fellow trooper named McNulty, another, yeah. like, right out of these film noirs. And their dress and their talk. And McNulty is pointing out that you're not on these cases. You're not following protocol. You know, you're not supposed to go around mopping up, you know, all of Whistler's minions. You're you supposed to take orders. these other cases. Yeah. Yeah. He quits. Also, we realize, too, why he is driven is that Whistler killed his wife. 
He was a good cop till a transfer singed his wife. So this very dark film noir opening ends. What what is Jack Death doing now that he quit the trooper force in the future? Well, he's diving, of course. He's he's diving into old LA. Right? We we find out Los Angeles has has gone underwater, so he's going in and he's swimming around and he comes back up with all this treasure. He's doing treasure hunting yeah. type things, but it's funny because he comes up, he's just got junk, <laughs> like hubcaps, hubcaps and, hub and stuff, and the, and then he has a street sign. It's, it's Sunset yeah. Boulevard, and it gives you an idea, like oh dear, yeah. something bad happened, and. Then McNulty shows up. McNulty says, hey, man, you're ignoring. You've been summoned by the High Council. Which, yeah. which is a big honor. I don't know what's happened in the future. The yeah. High Council is clearly like the President of the United States, and he's just a local police officer. <laughs> and so, and not anymore, even. Because yeah. he threw in his He's like, I don't work. And, and they're saying, hey, you can't. And they don't know who they're dealing with. Or they should, because yeah. Jack Death does what Jack Death wants. Exactly. And he's just going, I ain't, I ain't going, I don't care. Yeah. I think I found, fine, uh, what was it, Man's Chinese yeah, exactly. Theater? exactly. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go back in. Yeah. And so he goes back into the surf, and McNulty says, listen, Whistler's alive. And it almost has like a little funny, it reminds me of Gilligan's Island walking into the surf, because McNulty follows him into the surf without a suit on, and then that stops Jack Death in his track. Totally. Like, sad. And, and I, I do have to be honest, I, <laughs> Could you hear that? If you're wearing a helmet <laughs> with the surf blasting yeah, yeah. around you. Because that helmet should be airtight because that's why you're diving. With Jack you. Death might because Jack Death is True. Tim Thomerson. <laughs> so he goes to the, the council. High with, Council of the Western Territory. <laughs> with, and they, they totally look like they should be in an 80s video. They're wearing these like every 80s style. I got to stop just saying it because this movie is so 80s style. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Their outfits are the biggest. Morris Day in the time wished they had as big a p- shoulder pads as these people in the council do. They call him up and go, hey, bud, we need your help. Whistler's alive in L.A. And he's like, BS. <laughs> send, down, send down the subs. Yeah. Blow them out. They're like, no, no. 300 years in the past. What? And he's like, well, how do you know this? And it just so happens all evil, super genius villains, <laughs> Whistler decided to record his plan and send it to the High Council so you understand what's going to go on in this movie. Jason, I'm going back in time, and I'm going to kill your ancestors. And, and therefore, you'll disappear. Yeah, boom. There you go, bud. Why didn't you just do that in secret? Like, why announce it? You're that egotistical yeah. that you have to say, I gotta let them know. Well, and it, it should be noted that when Jack Death shows up, there are three council chairs, but only two people in the council chairs because one of them is already gone. Jack accepts it. Reluctantly. Reluctantly. He's angry. And he's going to go back to December of actually 1985. Christmas time. And it's what, a Christmas movie, right? But what's funny is when he goes in, when they go to do the whole thing, Whistler's body is there. They found Whistler's body, and he goes, why is this guy still here? And he's going to shoot him. And they go, no, no, we're going to bring him back and try him. Finally, being classic, Jack Death, angry. Film the war character. Yeah, he, he just goes, we're going to do it on my terms. And he singes the guy. Yeah, and they don't say anything. The body. Like, 
Oh, that's jacked up for you. Well, Spencer is disgusted. He's actually like, oh, dude, this disgusting display of, of firearms. We can't have this. This was a mistake bringing this guy. He actually problem with bringing Jack Death back. But I'm like, didn't you know who he was? Yeah. Like, bring the wild card in and let him go. But no, it's it it pretty awesome. He's because, a wild card. Yes. <laughs> Charlie. Yes, he's a total wild card, man. He's like... I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So when Jack Death goes back, he's going to take his ancestor, Philip Death, who's a journalist. So before he goes down the line, you know, there's some Bond gadgetry going on. Yeah, he meets the engineer, who clearly he had some relationship in the past, and they and they remember it differently. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. I think she she remembers it as you're kind of a jerk, yeah. and he remembers it as I had a good time. Yes. <laughs> And she's going to send him a gun, a 38 that has in the grip two, what they refer to as antidotes, that when you inject them, you'll come back to this time period. So one for him and one for Whistler. And then also she's sending him a watch that has what's referred to as the long second, where you can slow down time. Now, one second is 10 seconds. We'll get to that. Yeah. Wait a second. The time travel is through... Just giving you a shot and sending you back your conscious back to your ancestor while you lay on basically yeah, a medical table. Yeah. How are they transporting yeah. physical items back in time? Yeah, yeah, no. Because I, 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 <laughs> then why not send a whole bunch of stuff back send, in time? What, why not the guns? Yeah, exactly. Why, why, why they not? can solve a lot of stuff by just sending stuff back in time. Yeah, <laughs> just a bunch of people. And also <laughs> they, the council people, the two remaining ones, they provide pictures of they're the only known relative that they have in that in that period. Okay. And one of them happens to be a former Angels baseball player. I love that Hap it's Ashby. the Angels. I, I love it's the Angels. Hap Ashby. Yes. The other one is a tanning guy. He, yeah. he runs a tanning salon in L.A. So he, he ends up in his ancestor's body. And it, it's one of two times where he just misses out. He is in this guy's body. The morning after he had a one-night stand with his lovely lady, it's Helen Hunt. Her character's name is Lena. Boom, he's there. She's getting dressed. He's going, okay, I'm here. Here's what I deal with. He's got feathered hair. Yeah, blonde, (laughs) Southern Cal. He's supposed to be a journalist, but everything in that apartment would say that he looks more of a photographer. (laughs) I I would say that, you know, or, you know, like... A, a journalist in the Hunter S. Thompson yes. sort of vein. Where, nice apartment so, overlooking. You and, can see the downtown L.A. skyline. Absolutely. And and she's saying, you know, hey, did you did you mean what you said last night? And it, well, clearly this guy's got some bad lines. Oh, yeah. I did, did you write it down? <laughs> Making love with you was like the combining of a ferial. Like it, it was nonsense. It was so dumb. <laughs> so And and Jack Death is in, in his ancestor's body, and he's, he's trying to get ready. It's a classic moment because I did not grow up here. Helen Hunt's character, Lena, has to get to work. And he goes to her and he says, can you tell me where this is? And it's Kahenga, C-A-H-U-E-N-G-A. And I didn't grow up here. When I came here, I had no idea how to pronounce that. (laughs) And so I think it's a very classic thing for somebody who didn't grow up here. So he's looking, he's going, can you tell me where Kahunga is? Kahunja, 
Kangja Boulevard. You grew up here, yeah. so it's that's all you've ever known. Yeah. But you don't know what it's like to come here and like have that because. And she's gone. What are you talking about, like, Michael? It's it's even with people who grew up here. He really, used to work with this guy who would always say Sepulva instead of Sepulveda. Oh, like, Se- Sepulveda. Yeah. When when I that's came, how you I'm like Sep- all the Sepulveda. Time. And he grew up in Pasadena, and he would say okay. it all the time. No, yeah. And, see. Sepulveda, yeah. but I was like Sepulveda, <laughs> but I'm like Kahunga, Kahunga, Kahunga. It's like this funny little moment. It's a great little like slice of LA. It, yeah, it's like the um, take the 405. Yes, yes, it's, 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 yes. You, you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly. Oh shit! What is what is that? But you know what I'm talking about. We're like, yes. yeah, man. I took, yeah. I took the 405. The 405 is totally clogged, so I yeah. cut over on the 101. I went down the 105. And then, I, then I take some over the, Cal- the, the Californians. Yeah, the Californians. Uh, yeah. He's a stranger in a strange land. He's basically standing in a world that was is 300 feet at least below water when he was alive. So and he's seeking help from this young lady. Who just to be a who's dressing thing. up as and she's getting cuter and cuter because she's putting on oh, like she's that, putting she on. She starts off really cute she's because adorable. it's just her back to you and she's bare back. Oh, Helen Hunt sick. makes part of this movie. She's she's fantastic. She plays off him so well and she's putting on like a Santa outfit. Yeah. So it's like she's yeah. got to get to work. As she's, we said, this is a Christmas movie. Exactly. <laughs> so he drives her to work and he's driving a T-Bird. That car is tight. It is. That car is so and tight. And it fits his character. Like, at least there's some connection with his ancestor because it fits his future character. I saw that car and I went, oh, kiss me deadly. Yes. Like Ralph Meeker as Mike Hammer. Absolutely. Just just being a jerk. (laughs) Being a jerk through life and getting away with it. Before he leaves, he won. He looks for a raincoat. And it's so, and she's like, you're going to wear that? And he's like, it it looks good on me. I like it. And then he looks at his hair he's like, dry hairs for squids i don't know what he puts on his hair it could have been anything yeah Yeah. pomade or something but yeah yeah because he has to have the slicked back hair he's got to look the cool he has to look like a film noir detective so but it's really curious because he drops her off at work but he goes i really need your help and she's like i gotta go to work i gotta go to my job and the whole time i'm thinking i don't know how old her character is i'm assuming young 20s because the job she has even in the 80s that's not much of a job it's a seasonal work. Yeah, it's she's not missing Santa's Claus. helper. She's Santa's helper dressed in a skimpy Santa outfit who's going to take the photos of kids sitting with Santa at a mall. And, and you know what, Jason? I, I don't want to judge that because anybody who is that intent on being on time. No, I appreciate that. That's Hey, dude, you're heading up. You'll be Miss Santa like by next season. My God, we sound like Dr. Rick. <laughs> but it just so happens that Santa Mur- Claus Murray. is a trancer. Whistler, we should point out, his ancestor is actually a police, is a lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yeah. Lieutenant Weisler. Weisler, Weisler. I wish they would have just said with Whistler. Every time they, I took, they changed all of their yeah, back names. Yeah. Like Ashby became Ash. Yes. So no. Why, why not keep it? Like why make it more difficult? Things change <laughs> in three hundred years, Jason. So Jack Death's character has to deal with the fact that he's no longer a police officer back in the time, and his nemesis is actually a police officer. Murray, the Santa Claus, somehow senses. He trances, he senses Jack Death, and it's hilarious because I always think it's funny when people are funny Santa Claus in front of a bunch of kids. I know. <laughs> because it's Murray that clearly instigates this yeah. and starts this, and it becomes this whole thing. Finally, Jack Death kills Santa Claus. 
Murray, the trancer. (laughs) (laughs) Again, a slight inconsistency. Usually when they kill a trancer, they singe. Exactly. They scorch right there, but this guy doesn't. So I'm thinking the whole time he's actually not dead. This guy's struggling to survive. Well, but Jack Death goes over and the trancer says, Welcome to the 20th century, Jack Death. (laughs) And he bails and he grabs Lena. And they're driving to the... They're supposed to go to Spencer's ancestor... But he for, he lost the picture. Meanwhile, Whistler is back at the scene. One of his officers finds it and brings it to him. That's when the singe happens. Yeah. He's looking at Santa Claus in the body bag, and he closes it, and then he opens it, and the guy disappears. The body bag like deflates, and he it, refers to like the medical guys, like you guys take this away, and I look at that like there's nothing to take away. Yes, <laughs> that, that, Jason, that's an odd thing where he says, "Get this out of here." Yeah. It's like, it's an empty bag. (laughs) There's nothing here. There is nothing left, bro. This officer gives him the picture of the guy, which has... The address on it. On Cahenga Boulevard. (laughs) And so Jack Death... He's explaining to Lena what they need to do. And they pull up and he says, wait out here for me. So Jack is now at that tanning booth. And you have to assume that the drive... I don't know where the mall was in this fictional 1984 Los Angeles. But by the time he gets there... Whistlers has been able to get to the guy already. It, may, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So he walks in. He says a line right out. If you watch the DVD or Blu-ray that has the commentary, they'll mention the line right here is right after, right out of Lady in the Lake, a film noir movie. And he comments on the guy's Christmas tan. He attacks you know, Jack. He attacks Death. Jack. Throws him in one of these tanning tubes, which I've never heard of before. Well, I've never done a tanning yeah. thing ever. I, I don't tan. I've got Irish skin. I, I should not go to a tanning booth. He jams him in there. And Lena, meanwhile, she had bailed. She took the card. She ran. But then she came back. And she comes in. And she finds tan guy dead. Well, I don't know who killed him either. I mean, This is a very, very big problematic moment for yeah. me. Because if Whistler could come there and, and trance that guy. He's supposed to kill him. That is his goal. Anyway, Lena gets Jack Death, frees him. She says, hey, I saw this guy on the floor, and then he just disappeared. Yeah. The scorch is yeah. still there, though. He was singed. The timing and the setup. It, it's, a, it's a whole, oh, yeah, yeah, it's problematic. Yeah. Police officer are now showing up, and Whistler is there with Boom, him. surrounded. What are they going to do? Well, they shoot at him. And then Jack Death goes, boom! And stops and uses his, his wrist long to do the second. long second. It's very much like the bi- bionic man. <laughs> well, Jason, okay, there, there's a huge couple of couple of issues here. First of all, they said it turns one second into ten seconds. Second, they said Jack Death would be able to move normal while everyone around him was slow. First off, I timed it. It's over a minute. Second, everybody else is standing still, but he's moving in slow motion. And I thought he was supposed to be able to move normally. Now, I know, some, you know, special effects and whatnot. It's pretty hilarious because he saves Lena's Lena. life, grabs her, slowly runs by Whistler and all his guys. And they get out to the car and they drive away. Boom. That's I wonder why he just like did. 
elbow whistle right when you walk by. Or, you know, you have a pocket knife. Yeah. You know, it's like you got a gun or, you know, it's like... You can do two things at one time. You're carrying over a shoulder. You have one free hand. Yeah. Just do something. <laughs> thing to ruin that guy's day. They get in the car and everything comes back to normal. Whoa. Everybody's like, what's going on? And Whistler goes, what indeed? It's a very classic bad guy line. The actor, what indeed? Michael he, Stefani, I, he, I don't think he did much at all. But I thought he was great in this. So... Lena has an idea. She has a friend who's on a Christmas vacation. She has an apartment in Chinatown. Let's go and hide out in Chinatown. They head over there. He's intrigued by watching Peter Gunn on TV. Peter Gunn's a pretty cool show. Yeah, it is. It has a great soundtrack, that intro song. But, it's not my favorite, but it's pretty good. Yeah. I will say, though, that Helen Hunt's costuming, when, <laughs> when they're in Chinatown, they dress her up in Asian flair. It's like a geisha at certain times, and I, I think the geisha is more Japanese. Yeah. A lot of her costume choices would be problematic today. Her jean jacket has a giant Confederate flag on the back of it. <laughs> Jane said she's got the Union Jack, and I said, no. no that's not the Union Jack. I said, that's not the Union Jack. That's what I always thought, too. And I'm like, no, it's it's the Confederate. It's, that's you know, co- yeah, it's that, like, it, it's, it's a hazard. It, it, it would have made it more perfect for punk rock to have the Union Jack on it. She brought him food, and she said, oh, this is this and this and beef. And he goes, beef? Real beef? And I'm just like, oh, damn. Like, that guy might be eating rat meat. Like, like He's very used to that. Early when he said, you know, I want real milk, none of that soy crap, I'm yeah. just going, are you sure? Because you don't know where that milk is coming yeah, from. Exactly. I saw the Simpsons when they were milking rats, yeah. and they were giving it to the school kids. I'm like, in Future Man that ate rats. <laughs> Just, it's terrible. There's a club underneath yeah. them. And, and he's like, when does that cease? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. It, they go downstairs. That punk rock club. First of all, there, there's a Christmas song going on in the background being sang by a punk rock band. I think you you probably knew a couple punks. Yeah. Like real punks growing up. Yeah. I've known a couple yeah. of real punks. This particular club, I feel like a couple of the punks that I knew could clean that place yeah. out. I, I mean, because it is. It's just that movies punk where they're just like, they just seem so lame. Yeah. Or boyfriends there, her old punk boyfriend. Yes, and I have to say, Jane pointed this out and we both missed it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she's right because I, I went back. They're singing Jingle Bells. Yes. And either he is from like London yeah. Or he's trying to be from London because it's like, dashing through the snow, penis in my hand. Jane heard that and she said, did you hear that? And I went, what? She was shocked. And you haven't heard that. I have not. I I know that they sang Jingle Bells like the whole time. Like so many times I've watched this movie growing up. I've watched a couple times for this. Same here, Jason. But I did not. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. Go back and listen and tell me because I went back and I went, oh my God, he really is singing that. Jane said, I can't believe you've never heard that. I said, I usually tune it out because it is that lame movies punk, what they think punk is. And I'm like, ah, it's stupid. And it's really so, a throwaway. I mean, this that scene doesn't advance in the plot except that they're getting closer together, trying to yes. get them really close together really fast. And just to show that Jack Death, do not mess with this. Did, you were saying her ex-boyfriend. He shows up. Jack Death ends up pummeling him. One punch. Yeah, and he's laying there, and everybody goes back to dancing, and Jack Death has this interesting dance move. He you does. Know? 
totally like like your dad, like yeah, exactly. like your dad trying to look cool at a punk show. He's like he's like, and he's trying. He's like, oh, I I did this move in the fifties, and it worked pretty good for me then. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, three guys. And this is confusing because I always think it's like three trancers. So do I, and they're not. But they're not. They're just punks, and it's just a chance for Jack Death to kick more butt. Exactly. And Jim Thomerson look cool because he takes these guys out. One punch. He's a one, one punch Johnny. That's of course by defending. And she's totally turned off. Oh yeah, she's defending her honor. They go back up to the apartment. It's sexy time. Or so you think. She does give him a present beforehand because at midnight it is now officially Christmas. And I'm thinking, when did she have a time to buy him a present? Well, or she, she, stole she went out to get food. <laughs> okay. Or she might, yeah, and she might have pinched it. Yeah. You don't know. It's her friend's apartment. She could have taken it. Here's a robot. Well, no, we find out. She's pretty resourceful. Yeah. But who knocks onto the door to stop the sexy time going? It's on? McNulty, but he's a little girl. He's like an eight year eight, ten year old girl. Another confusing moment because McNulty comes and says, This is the only ancestor they could find. We're both thinking we have parents, right? Unless you were adopted and your parents are dead. They're trying to put some levity into it. Like it's, it's, got absolutely. Back and it, it's an odd little scene. Yeah. You know, they're going back and forth about, you got to come back. You got to come back. Jack Death is like, no, get out of here. Beat it, McNulty. Shoves a little girl out into the streets of Chinatown <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Like downtown, yeah, I, I know where they are. Yeah. I know that area. And it's like, it's not something you just throw some little kid in. So he goes back and he's gonna get like he's gonna get a little amorous. He's gonna get a little physical. McNulty pops back in, goes zaps, gotcha. <laughs> this part doesn't serve any purpose either. You could have done this in different way because Jack basically goes back up the line to the original body. He awakens and they said, "Hey, Spencer, the council councilman Spencer, because they failed on." His ancestor just disappeared, and, and Ash is going crazy. We're pulling you for Quan. Yeah, Quan runs the hot houses. He's never singed it. Yeah. Answer in his life. <laughs> At that point, you almost kind of think, "Oh, it's like McNulty on the side of Whistler." Yeah. Because why would you pull him back? But they don't expand on that. He ends up lying basically yeah. and saying, "This is my connection." I mean, really, he's yeah. trying to get a, he's trying to get a little sex. Yeah, exactly. And and he's like, "No, Ash, uh, this lady is my connection. I'm gonna get to Ashby." And, and they send him back right after sex and, again. And that's the whole point was to make a funny joke because I don't understand that time travel. Because why didn't you just send him back? Right when you took him. Yeah, none of it makes sense, Jason, <laughs> except for the fact that when he first went into Phil's body, yeah, he missed out that he, time. He with just Ellen, missed sex, and now he's getting, again. I guess, what they call cock blocked yeah. <laughs> by his own ancestor. And again, it brings up a whole thing where he goes back, and Lena's like, oh, that was great. That was yeah. great. Well, no, if Phil was brought back in, wouldn't he be going? What Holy crap! What is here? going on? Why am I here? Exactly. What, what is going on? I no, no, I'm, I do not want to have sex. Why am I here? Yeah. I wasn't here. I was there. Yeah. What's going on? Life is insane. Jack Death is watching TV. Whistler. Yeah, yeah he's on television, and he's saying that which is exactly what happens wherever you are. Yeah. Is that in the middle of the night you can turn it on? They. You get your plot point. There's going to be a lieutenant who says, hey, we're going to give the homeless. And then Jack's like, oh, wait a second. He's doing this because Hap Ashby clearly has to be a homeless person. <laughs> I mean, that's like the logic. <laughs> These top three hobos who are singing My Three Kings. They're singing another Christmas song, yeah. which I, I thought was you know touching since this is like Christmas movie cheers. And cheers. Zombie Dust isn't exactly, doesn't scream Christmas, but... <laughs> 
It does scream transfers. It absolutely does. It's it's a fantastic beer. I mean, it's really there, nice. There, there's a reason this beer people seek this beer right. out. They try to find it. They want this beer. It's a great easy drinking beer. It's, I'm sure it, Hap Ashby would probably, if he could be, he was probably knocking a couple of these down. Well, especially if it was like with the side of a night train. Like I totally see Jack Death having a couple of these. You know when you see Hap Ashby later on, just to jump ahead for a second, and he's playing drunk? Yes. The actor's name is uh, Biff Maynard. Apparently he was really drunk on some of those scenes. And Tim Thomerson had to manhandle that scene where you see him pull him into the shower. Yeah. Really roughly. They said that, yeah, he was drunk sometimes. Heard it on when I was listening to the, the DVD. You're going to really be method acting. <laughs> I need to be a hobo. <laughs> I'm going to get full on you into have, it. You have to be drunk. <laughs> Easy enough. They are now tracking down former baseball, angel baseball player, Hap Ashby, who Jack Death now believes is living a hobo lifestyle somewhere in Boyd Street, on Alameda Street, near downtown. At the paper mill. Yeah, the, the old, old paper, paper mill. <laughs> and, and this is where we found out Lena can hotwire some scooters. She hung out with uh, some bikers when she was 15. Exactly what any father would like to hear from their daughter. <laughs> <laughs> they find Hap Ashby. Him and his buddies are just being drunk and yeah. having a good time. Yeah. And it's I, Christmas time. I will have to say, I, I, first, I, I don't know why I thought of this, but I, he was pitching like a liquor bottle. <laughs> and, and all I could think of was, dude, that's money. You can turn that in and get money back. Yeah. And you're <laughs> you just smashing your on it. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like there's something with just if you want to be drunk all the time, but be sensible. With, with your drunkenness. <laughs> so him and his buddies, and of course, Jack and Lena, they fall through a floor right into the bum baseball. And then Whistler shows up, and, and he just goes, I'm sick of you, vermin. I'm yeah. going to kill all of you unless you give me a Bashby. So it gets really dark all of a sudden. And they split on these Vespa motorcycles. Which, which I'm going to say it. Jack Death insists Hap Ashby gets on his scooter, but I thought, well, no, it makes more sense he would get on Lena's because the two men are going to weigh much more. Yes. And you're not going to move as fast. <laughs> if you got on the, the, the young ladies, they are going to move much faster. Lena gets shot in the arm. For some reason, I have no idea how this works, but in this whole industrial area, she like jumps through a in, window <laughs> into an old man's residential area it's like a nice apartment and i don't know how that works it was just a cool stunt they thought like she's driving down an alleyway and it's a dead end and dead ends in someone's apartment window (laughs) totally does yeah and she's very nice she's like um can you show me the front door he's like uh you know he just looks around and opens the door for her super nice super polite it, it was a very british moment they make it to lena's friend's apartment and have ashby is make a sandwich and he smells like crap. So they force him to take a shower. <laughs> and that's when there's an emotional connection. <laughs> it's actually before that. When they get back and she's trying to fix herself and, and he goes, you know, hey, it's it's going to heal. And then he sort of reveals, yeah. you know. That his wife had been killed by Whistler. And everything she like she that. was on the transfer unit. Yeah. <laughs> she was a cop. And she was probably a good cop. <laughs> but she got killed. Basically, she says... I know what you're trying to say. You love me. And they kiss. Because he can never, as a badass film noir detective, he can never say, I love you. 
You can't. We're at the climax of the movie because Whistler shows up in Chinatown where they're staying. Because Jack Deff, he calls the police station and he looks like he's selling Hap Ashby out. And Lena is just, she's like, I can't believe you did that. He said, hey, I'm done with this. I, I'll give you Hap Ashby. Meet me here. And Lena's going, ah, oh, don't even touch me. Don't. And, and he goes, hey, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I'm Tim Thomerson. I don't sell nobody out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she goes, wait, that was a trick. And he goes, yeah, of course it's a trick. I'm a cop. Which is kind of fun in the movie. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you go, oh, boy, I hope that's not the real world. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they've got a scheme. Yeah. So we go, and Lena is watching. She's on top of a building watching with binoculars when suddenly Whistler comes out of nowhere and grabs her. And you go, oh, man, the gig is up. And he looks down, and down in the street is a guy in a trench coat. And Whistler is like, ah, it's great. I'm going to kill him. It's Hap Ashby. And it, and he's going, hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah. And he shoots at him. He's like, oh, dear. Yeah. And he jumps in. And then all of a sudden, Jack Jumps Depp, a trash man. <laughs> yeah, ju- jumps into a dumpster. Yeah, dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of where he likes to be, I guess. And, and all of a sudden, Jack Death jumps out from behind something. and goes, ah, I got you, Whistler. I got you now. And this is where things get, I don't know, weird. Really weird. Because Whistler has a switchblade now to Lena's throat. He basically informs Jack that Phil and Lena marry and are going to have kids, which would lead you to believe <laughs> if it, you think about it. Well, he said, witness your own demise. Yes. And I don't even know if they said marry. I think he just says they have a kid <laughs> because Phil doesn't sound like the, the marrying type. type. Yeah. I've got a knife to her throat, but I think it would be more fun. Just to toss her over the side, knowing that you still have that long second thing. I mean, fool me once, right? <laughs> Shame on you. Exactly. <laughs> Fool me twice. <laughs> ah, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Jack Depp. The whole time, I'm like, why doesn't he just stab her right there? And <laughs> so, of course, Jack does the long second. And he goes and he saves Lena. He catches her. And really, the savior of this movie is Hap Ashby being a pitcher for the angels. <laughs> Absolutely. Because he's in the dumpster and... Whistler, he's going to do some bad stuff. And Hap goes, bibbidi bap. He throws some stuff at him and knocks him and he falls off. And he's holding on to the edge of the building. He's like, oh, dear, oh, dear. And Hap goes, I'm going to throw something else. Throw him a slider. Boom. And he falls. But here's the thing. It's like, well, why wouldn't Lena have fallen well, into the same thing exactly until he, he falls into this little <laughs> reflecting pond i have no idea it's right there in chinatown so then jack death pulls him out and he's like oh you and me we're gonna go up the line yeah. this is where lingo comes back in and he opens his little grip the grip on his oh, 38 and one of the antidotes is destroyed he goes crap and whistler is like yeah i got you now you can't do nothing and it's like, he can do a lot of There's things. A lot, like, he can like kill you. He, yeah. can, he can send you up <laughs> the line. He's like, I destroyed your body in the future. You are not at a position of strength. Whistler goes, this guy had six kids. He's innocent. Jack Death is a lot of things, but he's not a killer. No. He's not a murderer. So he goes, yeah, you're right. Gives him the end of it. He says, I'll see you in hell. Boom. Han Solo line. <laughs> yep. Done. You know, the whole, the whole thing of like, okay, well, he's going to send him up and therefore he can't go in the future, I sent out sent boxes back already twice that had other well, things. For, so they could just send him another antidote if he well, wants to come back. Well, also, Jason, 
as we talk about the just the last little bit. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. So <laughs> Jack Death and Weasling, you know, the cop is now himself yeah. again. Yeah. And Jack Death saying, hey, Hap Ashby, take care of this guy. You know, he walks off with, with Lena. Lena talks about, you know, you can't go back. So sorry about that. And he goes, I kind of like it around here. You know, so, ethically, he's taken over his ancestor's body, and so Phil really doesn't live then. Like, Phil's life yeah, well, it, yeah. Can he go on as Jack Death? Yeah. Does they switch to transformation in, in, the, in the future? Yeah. I mean, I, no I idea. Admit, it's one of my favorite movies. I really like it. I've never watched any of the sequels. I have them, and I think I probably sat through them at one point, but I've only watched maybe like maybe one time. This one I, I've watched multiple times. <laughs> I treat this to me. This is like Highlander. I love Highlander. I have never seen any of the sequels. Highlander 2, The Quickening. That doesn't exist. Not in my world. I've never seen anything other than Transfers. I love this movie. It's a cool movie. It's not perfect. No, no, no. It's low budget. It's it's a Charles band. It ends on a happy romantic note. But it also ends with McNulty as a little girl that goes, we're getting a sequel. Well, also because the last time the girl poked her head out like that, she sent him back up the line. So the insinuation. <laughs> the implication. The implication. <laughs> is that the next time he tries to have sex yeah, with Lena, that. it's a gag they use twice. Yes. The first time it was sort of a gag, but the second time it's like, oh man. Oh. <laughs> Just every time I try to have sex. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. I'd do you, recommend Do you it. recommend this movie? Oh yeah, I, I'd recommend it. This is one of my early teen favorite movies it still has a place and it's a christmas movie (laughs) with a happy ending (laughs) that's about redemption (laughs) you know half ashby came back (laughs) actually not far off jason i I mean seriously no that 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 is that's christmas music in it it has everything (laughs) it's a family movie jack death he lost his wife Gained a new love, found more you know, in life. Saved her life. Yeah. A little the crust, a little the armor came off. He was just, you know, angry all the time. Still angry, but found somebody he loved. Very much a Christmas movie. Very so, much a Charlie Bands from Empire to Full Moon. There's a couple of movies that are clearly my favorites that mean a lot to me. But there's plenty of movies where I'm just like, I don't know if I can watch Killjoy versus Evil Bong. Three. (laughs) Stick stick to this one. Stick to this one. (laughs) It's interesting, and it reminds me of, in 1984 when they filmed this, when you look at the streets of Los Angeles in this, don't see a lot of traffic or congestion. In 1984, they filmed this during the Olympics, and the Olympic Committee in LA made a big push to make it easy for people to travel around the city at that time. Just tossing that in there. What about the what about you, Michael? Oh, 100%. Trancers, it's a super fun movie. It has one of my absolute favorite character actors yes. of all time, Tim Thomerson. Tim Thomerson is, he's super important to me from being a kid. Yeah. Like somebody, when I was growing up, I'd, I'd see this guy and I'd just be like, that's a tough guy. I guess that that's what people would look like when they saw Bogey, Humphrey Bogart. To me, he was like our generation's Robert Mitchum. Just a tough guy that kind of didn't take himself too seriously, but he was cool. And it, it's like, this, this is a fun movie. It grabs you. It blends future and film noir. And the beer. Hey, zombie dust. Let me tell you, 
if you can get zombie dust do it you have to get zombie dust it's an absolutely fantastic pale ale make it a part of your christmas tradition cheers it's got a small distribution in the midwest you know somebody <laughs> it, it it's time for some Christmas gifts. <laughs> it, it expands. It expands a little bit in, in the Midwest. So you know somebody. <laughs> Trust me. You know somebody who can get you some zombie dust. It's got some citrus. It's got a fruity pop. It's a tasty beer. It is. So we were both looking forward. And, and what I like about this, we both love this movie. It's one of those movies. We love this movie. <laughs> so... I'm really happy that that we got to sit here and, yeah. and go. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Happy holidays! <laughs> yes. Happy New Year! Enjoy, because transfers. Yes. Well, I think that kind of wraps things up. Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason, and I'm Michael.